Hey everyone, this is Ecology and Existentialism. My name is Mason, and the goal for this podcast is to share a paragraph or quote from thinkers who have written on either topic. I admire both ideologies and hope to share their brilliance with all of you. This week's show is going to be a little bit different. Uh, I have my friend Caleb on, and we're going to be talking about a reading that he's found. Um, we recorded, and there's a little bit of um, there's a little bit of a problem with the audio at the beginning, so I'm just going to sort of introduce. Um, what he's reading. He's reading The Blessing of the Land at Planting or Harvest, and it's found in the Book of Common Prayer, I believe. Um, originally, we found it from a book by Shane Claiborne, um, but I wasn't able to remember all the details there. Anyways, um, yeah, he's just going to get right into the reading. Uh, sorry for the audio. His side wasn't all that great. Still figuring out what best method is for recording interviews and conversations so um hopefully it's bearable hopefully you enjoyed what we talk about and uh yeah here is the reading and then we'll get right into the analysis enjoy our blessed memory and hope lie in the garden thanks be to god who made the world teeming with variety of the of things on the earth above the earth and under the earth. Thanks be to God for the many kinds of plants, trees, and fruits that we celebrate, for the centipedes, for the ants and worms, for the mice, marmots, bats, for the cucumbers, tomatoes, and root and peppers we rejoice, that we find ourselves eclipsed by the magnitude of generosity and mystery. Thanks be to God. Boom. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, yeah, that was, that was quite nice. Uh, what, what did you think, um, when you've read this? Cause I'm not sure how much, how much you've read through it or how much you've thought about it, but what, what are some sort of things that you've sort of come to mind right away? Um, for me, it was just like the part where he says that we might become more human, I think is really almost like not necessarily convicting but eye-opening or invokes memory to like the mandate of why we were created you know like mm. it sounds kind of like that weird kind of environmental theology but i mean you are kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like that like oneness with creation you know like we're not here to like take advantage of or exploit creation but like you're part of it and it's not like a separate humanity and creation you know what i mean like mm -hmm. we're a separate part of creation in that sense like we were actually part of like god creating all of the earth right know? right and like so for like, us to that that just like yeah that connection to the planet that he's created for us to like dwell in or to live on um is actually like part of what we were actually created for like what it actually means to be human you know right yeah i really i really enjoy how like he acknowledges the natural the material of earth and like the reality of like we are human and we are to interact with it but then also like that that divine mystery or like that cosmic bigger picture of like why we're actually or, like how we're supposed to tend to these animals and to the goodness of, of creation in, in general, right? Yeah, and 
yeah, I think it's cool that he talks about the variety of, or they, I don't know, like, exactly who wrote this, like, hmm. specifically. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't Shane Claiborne? Well, it's like, it's a compilation, like, so there's three authors, and they all work together to make this book. Oh, okay. Um, so it might have been all three of them working on this one, or it might have been just one of them, but, um, yeah, I don't know, I just like that they acknowledge, like, the variety and the blessing that's like, you know, it's like, these things are actually, like, I don't know, it's just, yeah. These things are so, given thanks for not to be like treated with disdain or like we're not supposed to try to only plant one type of plant in like all of our fields or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, right. We're not supposed to get rid of the diversity and the variety that God created the earth with. Right. So what what a question that comes to mind for you would be um what significance or like how how should we take part in creating that diversity because i know a lot of us aren't able to actually like participate in the the production and and upkeep for land um but from people who are living in like urban environments or people who maybe just aren't in a place in life or who haven't had the training to enter into the actual um working of, of fields and plants and animals how do you think like those people can contribute to that sort of bigger vision of loving the earth and acknowledging our our human role in that right um one thing i've been thinking a lot about recently is like you know we always use this term of like consumerism as like a really negative um like it has a lot of negative connotations right but like i was thinking about it and like if we didn't have consumerism we wouldn't like like, I mean, yes, there would be a lot less wrong with things that we're doing, but, like, we also wouldn't be enjoying things. Like, if we weren't consumers, like, we wouldn't be taking part in this, like, the, like, the whole experience of eating and, like, hmm. food. Like, that is what, it, like, we are consuming the resources, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and hopefully replenishing them. Um, <clears throat> and so from, like, coming from, like, that perspective, I guess, like, I see, like, for me, like, I love food, right? Like, <laughs> food is the reason I live, essentially. It's not really a little dramatic, but, like... Well, it makes you live. It allows you to live. It makes me live. But, like, I just it really, really just enjoy eating. Like, I ate way more than I needed to today, which... Uh, <laughs> it's just, like, something I continually fall into. I, um, I just recorded another episode this morning talking about food and how we... Uh, um maybe abuse it in our north american society um oh. yeah <laughs> no i i just recorded it so i'll have to edit it and probably be out next week or two yeah sorry you're you saying go ahead you ate too much today <laughs> like watching like chef's table or like travel food shows or those kind of things like that just like I'm like wow that's so cool like and when i do go traveling i'm like I want to go traveling and I want to eat the same, same things as these people eat. And I want to like, you know, food is a very big part of life for me. Like mm -hmm. it means a lot to me. And it like, you know, I think there's a lot of like really deep theological significance to food as do you. Yeah. Uh, but so I think like when it talks about the variety, I think 
one cool thing that we have the opportunity to do in this day and age is like experience and enjoy the variety of creation. You know what I mean? Like, mm. um, for people who aren't able to necessarily like, you know, go out and plant a field of like mango trees <laughs> in canola dominated area because it won't grow, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe part of what it means to like embrace that variety is to like broaden our horizons when it comes to food. Like, hmm experience things like yeah like or like not even food just like things that come from a garden you know like not and not and it's it's like kind of like the where do you draw the line between like just like consuming things for the sake of like you know right like, just for the sake of consuming be intentional about it be like no i'm doing this because like that did create um the earth with so much variety that like we have kind of i think we've just largely gotten rid of in the sense that like well like what do we eat as like what's a north american typical diet you know Mm -hmm. pretty a pretty standard kind of food groups yeah like uh you know burger fries (laughs) the usual but you're right on Instagram the other day, and I saw this post about this one restaurant in Calgary that goes like foraging every mm. couple of weeks for their ingredients. And I was like, "There's ingredients I've never even heard of on there, and they're like literally in my backyard." Yeah. And I, you know what I mean, like, like dandelions I and. <laughs> yeah, I'm so allergic. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, part of the reason we don't embrace the diversity is because we don't experience, like, the goodness of diversity. And I think, for me, one thing that really opens people's eyes is, like, being able to, like, sound selfish, but, like, eating, you know? Mm. So, and I think a really cool way we can introduce people to, like, different things that, you know, come from our, our earth and the ground that we call home. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. I, I was just going to ask, so do you think like by introducing people to new foods and maybe new ingredients and even stuff that is found locally and and in the environment around us that with that, not only should like the consumption of it be present, but also the education of people. So like maybe maybe an example for yourself, if you're going out for like delicious meals and stuff, um, would you say that it would be like our responsibility to inform people or just like even take the second to, I mean, yeah, say thanks for, for the hard work and effort that was put into the, the meal. Right. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think that's something I, I just naturally tend to, to do that kind of thing. Like, Hmm. because that's just kind of the person I am. Like it takes me three like months to find to figure out if I want to buy a notebook or not because I have to know like everything about it, how people have used. Yeah, yeah. I'm the type of guy who watches hours of review videos before I buy something, <laughs> um, because I want to make sure that it's like I want to know about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I'm the same way with like food. Like, there's this restaurant in Calgary that serves the most amazing ramen I've ever had in my life. Before I went there, I spent like hours 
the restaurant like <laughs> where do they come from what's their story what kind of ingredients do they use um you know like what's their process for making the soup and whatever and then i like researched everything i could about rum and then figured out that there's like three different main types of broth and like you eat this on a cold day you eat this on a hot day you eat this when you're like want something light you eat you know what i mean yeah this is how we make different noodles this is the different kind of noodles you can get these are the different toppings and where they're from in japan and that kind of stuff like um i think so like and i and i I do that with a lot of things because i i want to know about like i don't just want to eat it for the sake of eating it you know what i mean like yeah i want to eat it because it's freaking delicious and like (laughs) i love to eat delicious food but i also like want to know what's the story behind this why is this why was this a food that people started making and why you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and one thing that i doing that like a lot of food that we enjoy like came from people's necessity to like use the ingredients they had around them and i think we've kind of not just the West, but I think it's very prevalent here, and so the, the culture that I know the best. But like, we've kind of lost touch of what that means to like, you know, experience our, our cuisine our setting. You know, yeah, in that sense on like, not not necessarily like survive off the land or like, but at least know. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like. Um, yeah, like we we aren't really acknowledging the the food and the 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 sustenance that is around us in that we are able to actually take advantage of. We're so used to having like food brought to us from other places um, because it's just easier, right? It's not something that we have to really work for. Um, just like you think back to the diets of the people who were first settling like Western Canada. It was probably very basic, but it was the food that they could grow and that they put the work into. Um, and they had to learn through trial and error what worked or learning from the local people, learning from the First Nations and whatnot, yeah. right? Like, I think there's there's yeah, so much significance. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think there's so much significance in, in people learning from obser- observing the land and learning from people who were there before them. Like, not only... Um, Europeans settling North America and learning from the First Nations, but um, even people our age um, learning from our grandparents and people older than us who maybe have more experience, even just gardening or farming or just living on the land itself, not just um, consuming from a grocery store, not consuming in a totally negative sense, but just receiving food from other sources. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, I totally agree with that. I think you've kind of lost this, you know, I don't know. There just seems to, like, a lot of food has this, like, heritage, in a sense, connected to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, dishes that we really like have been around for, like, a long time. But, like, we've become increasingly disconnected from where, not even just, like, who produces our food but why what is the story behind this food you know what i mean like yeah um for me like it's been cool to kind of like embrace the significance of that kind of in my later years recent years recent years as i've been growing up a little bit um and just like looking back on like my childhood and um like my grandparents are from scotland right and so they we ate a lot of that, like, Scottish traditional 
not traditional, but like Scottish food. Yeah. Stuff people eat in Scotland because they hadn't, or they, they didn't have anything else to make food with. And like, it was kind of cool to be thinking about that recently and like making those dishes and like, just, yeah, like understanding that this recipe has been around for a long time because these are the ingredients that people had available to them. And there's this kind of like sense that like it it's connected to more than just me. It's not just something I'm eating and, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's not like an individualist experience. It's more of a, a yeah. collective group thing, right? Yeah, which might sound a little bit weird, but. I don't want other people eating my food. Necessarily. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, a lot, and like, yeah, I think I think there's a lot of value in like knowing, not just like what we're eating or like where it's coming from, but why we're eating what we're eating. You know what I mean? Like, right. What What's the story behind this? You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. I that just sort of leads me to the question I was going to ask of of eating food. Do you think, and if you do, how can we sort of change that or like make a cultural shift? Um, but anyways, how when we eat food and it's not, it doesn't taste good or it's just bland. Do you think that's a a disgrace to the effort that was put into all the steps prior to getting it to our table, or or do you think like that's just maybe a reality that we have to sometimes live with um, and not to sound like a, a food elitist, but the, because I'm definitely not, I'll eat scraps, but um, yeah. Like where do you think, or how do you think we could show respect to the people and the the process prior to us actually consuming it? Like, how can we show respect to the preparation of our food? Yeah, I, I didn't really word that most concise, but, um, yeah, do you think bad food, bad tasting food, uh, is it a disrespect to the, the rest of the process prior? A lot of our show that we're talking about right now is actually stealing uh, points that I had in my one I recorded this morning, just sort of on uh, on the restructuring of our embrace of food and then also the sort of revisualization of the origin of food and where it came from and how it got to us um i go through a whole process of that um but yeah it's just yeah maybe i think i don't know like i think because there is like certain things that are like they don't taste good but it's like that's just how they had to be Hmm. um like there's this fish dish, um, fish dish, uh, from Scandinavia. I don't remember what the name is, but any people who are from that region of the world will know. Um, but it's like preserved in lye, which is like a key ingredient in soap making. So it's a very, I'll say, interesting taste. <laughs> it's not good, um, but it takes a lot of effort to make it. Hmm. And the reason they did that was because they had to preserve it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. preserve it. And so they had to soak it in lye so it wouldn't rot when people were, like, packing it or, you know, keeping it over the summer or whatever. Um, and and they didn't have anything else to preserve it with, right? So yeah. 
uh, I think like there's a there's a traditional element to that in the sense that like you know remembering what who, those who came before and the significance of their you know life on our on their experience of food or whatever. Right, there's sort of legacy left on that meal or that like preparation of that food. Yeah. Um. And 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 I mean, like even um, in the the Jewish tradition, like a Passover seder, they have bitter herbs um, to symbolize like the bitterness of slavery, right? Like it's not a good taste that like people would gravitate towards but it's like a very purposeful piece of the meal you know what i mean Mm -hmm. very symbolic um element to a seder uh dinner and so there's very much like there's a significance of that so i don't think that like bad tasting food is a disrespect because i I also think that we have different palates so like things are definitely acquired taste like i didn't like shrimp or mushrooms when i was little um, now I love them. So yeah, you know. Yeah, maybe it is a little. Effect. I don't know. Um, but I think like inherently bad tasting food, um, is something that, like I wouldn't say it's disrespectful, but uh, like I just wouldn't choose to eat it necessarily. Yeah. Um, and I guess selfishness. Maybe. <laughs> I guess like food, the taste of food is an extremely subjective experience. Um, so like I could try something that I absolutely love and then someone else could try it and think that it's disgusting. And a lot of cultural backgrounds have to play with that. Um, just sort of what you've grown up with, what your taste buds are, you're used to. Like if we were to go to somewhere with really spicy food, a lot of the times we wouldn't be able to handle it all that well because it's just a level of spice or a level of flavoring that we haven't become used to. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, I, that's good good point there because um for a second i was thinking like is my poor cooking skills inherently disrespectful to the food and the production and and process of it getting to me (laughs) but like if you're don't if you don't care you know what i mean mm. and i mean this is a lot of it's like well i want to be able to say like are we definitive yes or no but i think there's a very much a gray area like you can you can cook badly and show a lot of respect to the ingredients you're cooking with, or you can cook really badly and not. And the same goes for cooking well. Like if you're cooking well, but you're not, you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. you're not coming. You don't appreciate the fact that these ingredients aren't um, just like ne- like a never-ending resource, or like right. So the just like something for us to manipulate to our taste buds like if you appreciate that these are actually like parts of creation that we are blessed to be able to like partake in then i think either whether you cook it good or bad is 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 not really the not really the like the turning point you are being a disrespectful consumer of food or not right so the the example could be made where like a line cook at a luxury restaurant um, could be just cooking for the sake of cooking with like really nice ingredients, just making delicious food. But if they're not putting in care and actually like consideration for the ingredients and the people they're they're making this food for and serving, 
um, that could almost be seen as worse, although they're making delicious food worse than if I were to, let's say, go out and use vegetables from my garden and and get locally sourced food um, and then make this stir fry and it just turns out awful. But I really tried and I really cared about it. And I really was like intentional on forming a relationship, not only with the people that I'd be sharing the food with, but then also the people that I had bought the ingredients from and um, the people that helped me grow the garden. Um, that could be seen as as potentially better or or more respectful and more loving than the lion cook who's making just absolutely amazing food but is ignorant to the the cost um the human cost and the nature natural cost that it took to bring those ingredients together yeah and i think even just like coming from more of a i don't know how much you talk about religion on this podcast but like coming from a christian perspective reading this this prayer you know is like he says a lot like like that we may mend our rift from creation and we may know the sacredness of the gift of life and truly experience life from your hand you know like this idea of like understanding not just like where your ingredients come from but what they are you know what i mean like mm-hmm. not just that it's a tomato but it's a it's a tomato you know what i mean like yeah there is a sort of like Ooh, existential significance <laughs> to the fact that it is like that we're like that we eat this stuff you know what I mean mm-hmm. like, we have life and, and those plants have life and both are a sacred thing different I think I think there's a difference between them but I think they're you know their sacredness and like just that idea of like being thankful for the the kinds of plants and trees that we like and fruits and and animals and everything you know what i mean like being thanks for this or being thankful for this like yeah incredible gift of generosity Mm -hmm. that we get to partake in and like i think it's it's a really cool thing that we get to eat stuff you know (laughs) right it's really cool that we get to eat and really truly experience like the pleasure of 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 eating first of all because i think there's a very like real biological satisfaction and and pleasure to eating food Mm -hmm. that we were created with and that like and it's those things that get to like be that for us you know what i mean like it's actually a part of creation yeah Uh, we get to like eat creation you know yeah yeah we're we're able to be part of it yet also um, it's what sustains us is what gives us life and energy and um yeah. without embracing that part we would we'd just die we wouldn't be able to survive yeah and and yeah and, and be sounds very like one love kind of or like one force earth force or <laughs> mother earth peace love <laughs> yeah but like just this like oneness with creation like let us like not be separated from the fact that these are like created things that we get to experience, but like let us understand the significance of us both being part of creation. Mm. Yeah. And, and playing our role well, not, not abusing that role of, of power that we have just sort of asserted over the rest of nature. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. I should probably uh, just rename the the podcast now Ecology and Eating. You know, it's probably just a more suitable title at this point because I think 
so much of ecology and the environment comes down to that most like intimate practice that we engage in so regularly of eating because i mean that influences so much in our day-to-day right yeah but um yeah is there anything else you you want to say about that paragraph i think we can probably wrap it up pretty quick uh no i'll just say to like consider the significance of being part of a creation that our food also comes from i think is a really cool idea yeah yeah that's a good takeaway i um yeah usually i don't i don't explicitly talk about about faith or christianity or religion in general on here too much but i don't think it's possible to talk about these topics without making the correlation to there being something more than just our material world um and, and that's something i haven't really understood of environmentalists and and stuff who um who really care about the planet and animals and all this stuff, but then believe in nothing more than the physical. And there's, they're just focused on the physical and there's nothing more than that. Like, I don't know. I don't think people are able to make that split because what is then the point of preserving the physical? If that's all there is. Right. Um, right. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me. That's just one of my quick short thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so, well, thanks for thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. I hope people. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone, and I hope you enjoyed uh, Caleb and the reading he shared with us, and some of our own reflections and sort of candid banter back and forth. Um, if you enjoyed the show or any previous shows, feel free to leave a positive review wherever you listen. And if you think we're both crazy and maybe disagree with us, or even if you have some nice things to say, feel free to email me at ecologyandexist at gmail.com. There, there I can uh, take a look at what you say and sort of have a dialogue and maybe share it on the show in upcoming episodes. And, you know, you help me, I'll help you. Well, actually, you're more helping me with content. Anyways, uh, lastly, the music you hear is Sun Soaked from Beach Towels. Have a splendid day. Peace.